Nat Cage Pride. Someone's gonna steal the Declaration of Independence. The treasure of the Knights Templar is the treasure of all treasures. Oh, I didn't know that, really. My house is Myron Cage. This is Late Night Cage Fight, Episode 4. We are the best Nicolas Cage podcast ever to exist. We're on a mission to watch every Nicolas Cage movie ever made. And it's a very special night for us tonight because it's a double feature. Uh, for reasons we may or may not mention, um, we're going to have to do a slight run-through of Cotton Club, starring Richard Gere, featuring a little bit of Nicolas Cage here and there. And we'll finish up with an extended review of Birdie. Yes, I did. I made a mistake. I uh, lost our previous podcast. Uh, I thought I had recorded over it, but it turns out it never even recorded in the first place. So, oh. It turns out, though, it, honestly, it's going to work out pretty well because this time I actually watched Cotton Club prior to the recording. So, That's good. <laughs> That's good, Steve. Kevin, did you ever realize that I didn't watch it after the last Yeah, Yeah, Reese, Reese blew, your, blew your load. Did he? I know, yeah. Yeah. I did. I was, it, it was unfortunate. I was a bit inebriated and I decided to spill the beans. Well, I figured after the very, like the last 10 minutes or so, Kevin was like, do you even know what you're talking about? I was like, yeah, of course I know what I'm talking about. Right. <laughs> yeah. Steve just pretended that uh, everything in Cotton Club was amazing. But I think as, as you're going to hear uh, tonight, it's not amazing. <laughs> so where do I start with Cotton Club? Does it matter? No, we'll just we'll start with 1984. That's when it was made, co-written and directed by uh, Uncle Francis Ford Coppola, starring Richard Gere, Gregory Hines. Not one of his better films. Diane Lane and Lynette McKee with supporting roles by Bob Hoskins, James Remar, Alan Garfield, Lawrence Fishburns, and uh, Nicholas Codge. Sorry, Cage. Uh, I, I really don't know where to, where to start. This movie is a mess. A lot of people like it. I, in fact, people that I've met out in public have said, Oh, that movie, Cotton Club. Yeah, the one about the Cotton Club. That was, that was pretty good. I liked it. And I think they just don't remember. They don't really remember their experience watching it because it's very, very difficult to sit through. Uh, Kevin and I actually... experience than I did. We watched it together with a buddy of ours named Zach at my grandmother's farmhouse out in the dark by the river, struggling to stay awake, to pay attention, to understand all of the events happening. See, when I told people I was actually watching Cotton Club, nobody seemed interested in it. People actually oh, yeah. thought that was just a euphemism for a Klan rally. God bless white America. Yeah, uh, and there's a huge racial element to the movie, of course, that we're going to get to, I'm sure. Um, yeah. Cotton Club, man, it's so hard to watch. Apparently, it was it was an even bigger mess to make at $58 million. And now in 2019, it's almost impossible to find. I originally, uh, I had to order a DVD on eBay. And when I got the DVD, the disc was broken. So then I bought a VHS tape. And that's how we watched it on VHS. You can't stream it, apparently. Uh, I think HBO might have it ex exclusively. Um, but it's it's really, really difficult to find now. So Yeah, I had uh, tried to order it through the uh, library, and they needed to transfer it from a, a library down south up to um, <laughs> my library. Yeah. And it was right in the middle of the uh, apocalyptic uh, winter storm that we had. Yeah. And uh, the library basically said, we're not risking our lives for this film. <laughs> That's bullshit. 
That's basically yeah. what they said. They put it on. They put me on wait for another week. That's why I feigned. Yeah. Having watched the movie mm-hmm. because uh, it didn't get here as quickly as it was uh, supposed to. Now, have. having watched the movie, now are you glad you saw it? Did it change your life in any significant way? Um. I I so let I, me just. You know, just hold that I, thought. I couldn't sit down. It, it wasn't like a sit down and watch movie for me. That's probably where we went wrong. We sat down. We and sat down. It. Yeah. Yeah. I tried, but it was it was so it was so sporadic. It just wasn't really getting anywhere either. Yeah. It. But there was there was no like consistent theme. I. I yeah. I, that was my issue. It's like one second. Like I. I I put it on and like one second it was really dramatic and yeah. then the next thing you know it was like really comical and then it was really just yeah all over the place yeah it was, it was like a compilation of stories that happened with there was there were somewhat related to the cotton mm, club yeah yeah it was basically yeah. the imdb description this is their description of the movie again the cotton club was a famous nightclub in harlem the story follows the people who visited the club those who ran it and is peppered with the jazz music that made it so famous. <laughs> there you go. He's a struggling musician. I know all about you. The way you play your cornet. You. She's the property of Dutch Schultz. If I didn't like you, you'd be dead. For her love, he'll risk his career and his life. Richard Gere walks the tightrope between the jazz world and the underworld. Don't touch her. Don't you ever, ever touch her like that again. The Cotton Club from Orion Pictures. Be there when this legend is born. Rated R. Starts Friday, December 14th. That's Now, and then to take it even further outside of being a movie, as a Nicolas Cage movie, I actually didn't really recognize his presence at all in that movie well it was there wasn't much of it there wasn't much but even though even the bit that there was was yeah honestly I, diluted well but slightly comedic because he had this uh super forced accent that he was using that kind of made me chuckle a little bit but I, I still barely didn't i barely recognize and maybe it was because my my interest was was so low <laughs> Well, every scene with Cage, he's in it with another actor, and the other actor is more important than he is. That's true. For That's the most true. part. Mm-hmm. Despite all the stars and the massive budget, it, it's a hot mess that's packed into this thing. Richard Gere plays Dixie Dwyer, a musician who lands a steady gig with the mob, performing at the Cotton Club with mostly black performers. And by performers, I mean tap dancers, uh, women shrieking. <laughs> And uh, that's that's the entertainment at the yes. Cotton Club. Uh, Diane Lane, we she's back again. Um, she wears a really silly-looking diamond Cleopatra headpiece and uh, mopes around the movie looking like a bored mummy. Uh, James Remar murders some guy violently with a knife at the beginning, and I thought that was cool. But but Nicolas Cage, there's barely any Nicolas Cage in the movie. He shows up a few so, times. He Nicholas, says some. Nicholas, uh, Richard Gere's brother, right? Right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. He, he says, didn't even need to be in the movie, really. I just no. feel like this was this was Uncle Frank giving him a little allowance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it was one of those like brother roles. She's had a few yeah. lately. So, when Coppola made this movie, all of the most of the main characters were real historical figures. So that's why you know it's like, oh, well, 
we got to pick real people so you can play this guy. But basically, Nick Cage shows up a few times, says some racist shit, and then gets shot in a phone booth. And, but I liked his death scene. It was kind of intense. He's in the phone booth, and uh, they just annihilate him. Then the yeah. movie, it plods along as viewers are treated to musical number after number. Gangsters mumbling unintelligible lines in smoky rooms and jarring cinematography that seems like it's only there to remind you, hey, this is a period movie set in the 1930s. Remember? Gangsters, tap dancers, jazz. Yeah. I was disappointed because I also couldn't do the Nicholas, which I just started in the last episode because there's not enough Nicholas Cage to do it. I'd say The Cotton Club, it's a movie for people who uh, went to The Cotton Club, who were there, you know, the five or six people who are still alive, uh, who remember the good times. And what's so crazy is how this movie was made. It was plagued with financial problems. Coppola didn't even want to do it. He only took the job because he was in such debt from his last movie called One from the Heart. Then you had all these shady investors that included a vaudeville promoter named Roy... Raiden, if I'm pronouncing that right, he was murdered a year later after shooting the film by a female drug dealer who claimed she was cut out of the film's profits. So there's some like real life crime connected with the funding about this movie about, about crime. crime in the 1930s. There were 12 scripts produced for the film. And there were five written during a 48-hour script-writing marathon from hell. That had to be fun. And after all that, it was a commercial failure. It made $30 million on a $58 million budget. Uh, people seemed to like it at the time. Siskel and Ebert, they loved it, said it was one of the year's best. But you know what else came out in 1984? You had Beverly Hills Cop with Eddie Murphy. I ain't falling for no banana in my tailpipe. Dune, which is... Uh, you know, it's it's known as being a failure of a sci-fi classic novel. He who controls the spice controls the and universe. And then you had 2010, which was the sequel in 2001, which was a classic Kubrick film. And 2010 is like, why? You know, it was nowhere near as good as 2001. It was just a year of disappointment. So uh, Cotton Club, there's there's really no surprise that it would kind of stand out among the competition. But... Uh, it just hasn't aged well, particularly when you look at other similarly themed films that have been released since Cotton Club. The one that I brought up last time, of course, was Chicago, with which also uh, Richard Gere was in Chicago. And it's just such a superior movie when it comes to, you know, a period uh, uh, musical with violence and crime, all that stuff. They didn't even have to, you know, be all racist like they are in Cotton Club. I swear you hear, like, every racial slur ever invented. That's my opinion. You guys have anything else to add about Cotton Club? Because I'm ready to just kick this one under the rug. On a positive side, I really did enjoy the um, Kevin Spacey and Lurch from the Adam Family duo. I thought they were really great together. Yeah, was that Lurch from the Adams Family, or was he from the from the Monsters? Monsters. It might have been from Monsters. Yeah, yeah. 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 Herman. Herman. Yeah. <laughs> Herman Monster. Yeah. I always like the way that guy talks. He just mm -hmm. he sounds silly. <laughs> uh, you can be black or yellow or white. It doesn't matter. But what does matter is the size of your heart 
and the strength of your character. They, 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 were really, they were really cute. Five hundred dollars. Five hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. I I actually was, was really the most enjoyable part of the whole movie for me was just the dynamic between the two of them. Because I was going to seem to say somewhat consistent throughout the whole movie. Uh huh. Why why do you say Kevin Spacey? Because the other guy, he just reminded me of Kevin Spacey. I don't know. Oh, really? Which guy? James Remar? Yeah. Oh, the, yeah? The other, I, don't, I, don't, I Honestly, I don't remember the actor's names. So I didn't care enough uh, to really do the research yeah, on sure. this one, I'll okay. be honest. But Dutch. Yeah. Dutch. Dutch. Yeah. Dutch Schultz. Yeah. yeah. He just, he, he has a very, like, Kevin Spacey vibe to me. Okay. Yeah, I, I'd say as it, it's a movie that is not bad if you are heavily interested in that era and you know you're familiar with the cotton club you're familiar with the mob and what they were doing during that time um because there there is something to be said of the the cinematography uh which is always great in coppola's movies um the sets were awesome you really felt like you were a part of that era but i'd say the weakest parts were really in the the dialogue was kind of cheesy at times. It was hard for me to believe that people spoke this way to each other. I mean, maybe it was fairly accurate, but it was just very forced movie, stilted kind of dialogue, I felt, in places. They were really trying to drive home um, the racial angle, and I, f I just thought that was a little too forced. But we have to remember, of course, when this movie was made in the 80s. Yeah, I'm not sure what else to say about Cotton Club. It's not awful, it's just kind of mediocre and there's really not much we can do with it because Nick Cage has a very very minor role compared to the other characters yeah even less than uh well I don't know about less but similar to Rumblefish well uh -huh. I actually so I was actually going to propose that due to not only Nick Cage's limited appearance in this movie but the movie's overall lack of redeeming qualities. Yeah. Um, I was actually going to propose that we eliminate it from the competition. I I agree. Yeah. I, Rumblefish, even though he has not a lot of screen time, um, I think there's a lot of redeeming qualities in Rumblefish. But I just I didn't get that out of Cotton Club. So <laughs> I mean I I I. I'm pushing the motion that we just scratch Cotton Club from... Cotton Club is hereby removed from the competition. Uh, and with that, uh, I mean, is, is there anything else you guys want to add about it? I do I'd think... Like some yeah. sort of an un unnecessary racist comment, but I feel like the movie did a better job than I could anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Well, I guess that's our transition into Birdie. Birdie, 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 birdie. Birdie was not what I expected. Oh, I'll start with that. Great. How how great. could you expect it? Ah, birdie! No! Birdie! Birdie! Just hold on, I'll go get help! I can't hold on that long now. What's so funny? <laughs> you. You look so serious. It is fucking serious! Ah! Oh, shit! I read the synopsis. Well, I, I read just the brief summary. Um, I didn't want to spoil it, but I got the sense that it was kind of... I thought it was going to be kind of like Racing with the Moon. Same. In the same. tone. So I thought it was going to be, I don't know, kind of s sentimental in that aspect. I knew it was going to be sad, too, because it was about 
two soldiers who were friends returning from war. But I didn't know which war. I didn't know anything else. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I saw a still of Nick Cage with his shirt off, and you know, I was like, oh, the ladies, the ladies are gonna like that. They're gonna be rock hard for that. Uh, and that was it. I was sold in the first 30 seconds. Oh, yeah? Well, the first 30 seconds, it starts out with this really trippy kind of low drone sound. Hey, you. Bird boy. Bird boy. Yeah. Yeah, it was just kind of, you know, it had a rumblefish feel to it, I thought. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. And then you see the screen text, an Alan Parker film. So I had to look up who Alan Parker is. Uh, he directed the Oscar-winning film Midnight Express and Pink Floyd's The Wall, if you've seen that. And he would go on to direct the Oscar-winning Mississippi Burning and Evita. So uh, he he is a distinguished filmmaker. Then the next screen text said uh, Matthew Modine and Nicolas Cage. So it's like, oh, Nick's in it, but sorry, you're not the star. You got to share that with Matthew Modine. And I didn't, I didn't know who he was either. Uh, Matthew Modine. I did recognize him though, and then it clicked. Oh yeah, he was the guy in Full Metal Jacket. Who he played Private Davis or Joker? You seen that? He was also. Oh, he, that was Joker. Yeah, that was Joker. Mm. A young Joker. He was. A younger Joker. Uh, he's also in The Dark Knight Rises, uh, Stranger Things, a whole bunch of TV movies and stuff. So he's still out there. And then the music was by Peter Gabriel. I'm like, are you kidding me? The dude from Genesis? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and a lot of the soundtrack has this this similar ambient, spacey sound to it, kind of channeling uh, In the Air Tonight a little bit. With all the drum we'll, rhythms. We'll get to that one later because I have some comments on that okay. coming up. We'll get into that. Yeah, it's, a, it's based on a novel by William Wharton. It was his first novel. Uh, I, I looked him up on Wikipedia. Yeah, that guy, uh, he saw some shit. We'll just, we'll just leave it at that. And that's obvious by, I think, what happens in Birdie. <laughs> um, I like that it opens up with, with Nick in a hospital on a gurney. His face is wrapped up in bandages like Two-Face and in, in, uh, Batman. <gasps> Harvey Dent. I did question, though, when I saw the bandages. As uh-huh. we know, Nick likes to do a lot of his own costumes, and I kind of wondered if yeah. he did his own bandages, you think, too. <laughs> you think he was like, I'm in a hospital, but I just... What if I just wrap this around my face? Kind of add yeah. some flair. This is my best James Dean bandage wrap. Yeah, and then they just wrote it in. Yeah, we find out he's had some kind of skin All grafts. Right, you can do your own bandages. It's fine. <laughs> the doctor's like, how do you Make feel? Make sure you follow the script for the rest of the movie. Uh, he says he feels like the invisible man, uh, but I feel like he's delivering his lines kind of without much feeling at the beginning. I just wasn't feeling his performance. Then he's on a train. He's in a uniform. It's like, oh, okay. Um, so he is a soldier. I also noticed that Nick has his old teeth. You look. You watch these old movies. His teeth are a lot different. Did you guys notice that? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's yeah, he's like he's got a, a big gap in his teeth, but behind yeah. like his fang or whatever you want to call it, canine. Oh, yeah. yeah, I wonder. I mean, did he get braces or what did he do to correct that? He did some serious dental work. Yeah, for sure. I don't know where he got the money, but. Um, oh, I forgot to do the Nick list. Oh, so here's tonight's Nick list. 
Nick Cage makes out with a girl under the ble- under the bleachers, fondles her boobies, and she says, uh-uh, I don't want to. To which he replies, oh, sure you do. <laughs> we get to see Nick Cage throw fat pigeons in the air and go, yeah! <laughs> That's true. Nick Cage has sex with a girl under a pier only a few feet away from his friend Birdie. Then he gets upset when Birdie creeps out the girl's friend and interrupts his sexy time. You have got to learn to be more sociable. <laughs> there's there's a lot more I could add to the list, but I'm just going to let's just go through the movie. <laughs> you mentioned his teeth. You mentioned his teeth. Yeah, you want to go back to that? Yeah, you you do realize that he had two teeth removed for this role. He had Birdie. teeth removed. You know, I noticed. I thought. I I swear, I thought I saw a missing tooth. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like behind his uh, canine on. Yeah. On on his yeah. right okay, side. Okay. Okay. They say like it's for the movie. Minutes. My theory is he had to get those those teeth removed in order to get the dental work done he needed to get done. That's my theory. So Nick Cage, his name's Al in the movie. He meets Birdie. We find out that Birdie keeps pigeons. He says that he likes to keep them because they fly, and he's training them to be carrier pigeons. And Al, Nicolas Cage, thinks that, wow, that might be a good way to make some dough. So he offers to help Birdie catch pigeons under the bridge. That sequence, I thought, was pretty well done. Had some pretty shots. Hold on, let me let me let me just check. Please are we interject. are we holding commentary until we get through the description? No, go ahead. Well, okay. So I I just want to mention bef- before we get to the the whole interaction with Nick and Birdie, man, the whole the whole Nick and the Sandlot crew. Oh yeah, they're playing baseball. I yeah. it's Nick and a bunch of twelve year olds. Isn't it baseball. weird? Yeah, like literally Nick and the crew and like the original cast from Sandlot. <laughs> it's just yeah. like if you and copy- mom is the fucking dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. Right, right. So they they hit <laughs> when they hit a home run. It goes into Birdie's yard and right. His parents yeah. are nuts. And Birdie's mom is like the fucking Rottweiler. That's like you're not getting the ball back, boys. <laughs> Forever, forever, come on, guys, forever. That's what you're terrified of there. You're terrified yeah. of that woman. Oh yeah, it's even more frightening. Right. That's it is. I had the same thought. I thought, okay, so Nick is an is an older kid, much older. I mean, he looks like he's out of high school, but he's not. Right? He's like he's probably a senior or something. Yeah. Well, no, because he's going in the he's getting drafted. I, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, if you look at him, he's this like shirtless, like cut, yeah, yeah. like 20, 20 year old probably. Well, at sure. the time he was I, I, I mean, at the, the time movie, at the time 17. he was in high school. Yeah, in the context yeah. of the movie, he's maybe seventeen. In reality, right? Yeah, because they get right. Yeah, and I mean, what's but weird? All, all his the other kids there are clearly like thirteen years old. Oh, I was gonna if say, if you want to be a fucking winner, you play against young kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's, you know, I had that thought too, Kevin. I thought oh, maybe he's one of those guys that needs to, uh, he's, he's got to boost his ego. So he hangs out I with the one. young kids and bosses them around. We used to play, we used to play baseball in the park in front of my house with, uh, I kid you not, the kid, the kid's name was, uh, 
was uh what is it, it kenny uh-huh rogers who's, who's the, no who's the famous saxophone player kenny kenny rogers kenny, kenny, rogers. kenny g yeah no his name is kenny rogers <laughs> kenny rogers kenny rogers and he used to, we used to play uh, baseball in, in the park in front of my in front of my house uh-huh uh, kenny rogers he was like years older than all the other kids that played and he would just run us around like, this is how you're going to do it. This is, you guys are like, you kids, this is how you play. One, and that's, like, that that's the only memory I really have of this kid, but. And that was his real name. You just gave his real name. Yeah, now, no, right? no, I, I, I think so. I don't, I honestly, yeah. I don't know. You it's, don't know if that was what you just called <laughs> him. All I remember is playing baseball in the park in front of my house. Yeah. The kid lived across the street. Yeah. It was the only time I ever saw it. And yeah. I swear oh, man, that's his great. name with Kenny Rogers, but I, I, right. I don't I don't know. Did you say a famous saxophone player? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did. Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what part you're wrong about. I'm probably all of it. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well I also failed to talk about the incredible fight scene we get. When uh, Nick goes to old Birdie's house and is like, "Y'all want my balls back?" And I also do wrestling. Oh, he's like, "Well, my brother." Well, that was his little brother. I, oh yeah. He's like well, my like, brother's a black belt. My brother's a black belt in jujitsu. He's also he's he's also a, Hong, a kung fu fighter, of Hong Kong style karate champion. And then they get this really sweet, really sick fight scene. You know, yeah. and the, the music from Blade—it was really hot. And I'm like, shit, this is going down. Nick does all of his uh, all of his sports with 12 year olds. I'm pretty sure that his girlfriend is at least 15. Yeah, that's good. You get to see that you get to see that Nick's character is really a, not a very good fighter or anything. That's why he just that's why he just hangs with the young kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he can't take this bird guy. They think he's Bruce Lee. Well, bird guy, well, because the bird guy does the bird style, the crane style. That's right. Well, what I didn't get though was right after that scene. Literally, right after that scene, you get this quick kind of montage type thing where you see them catching pigeons, and then they're hanging out, and they're just best friends. Right. So right, they the first thing they establish is Birdie is weird. He's okay. the weird kid. Nobody likes him. He plays with birds. So I think you missed a key element here. All right. Well, which is it? Iron. <laughs> what did I Nick miss? Everything that he knows about women in business in his movies. Oh, you mean Nick Cage, the actor? Right, but also Nick Cage in this role. He learned everything he knows about women and business from these movies. <laughs> So basically, this guy was like, dude, we can make a lot of money if we like train pigeons and stuff. He's like, I'm sold. Let's do it. Yeah, Let's right. Train pigeons. Yeah. You're my best friend now. We're going to train pigeons and make money. Uh huh. His yeah. kid brother is the one that had the idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some things that don't add up. But I'll get to that, I think, later. But I just yeah, felt. Yeah. Yeah, so because because Birdie wants to train these pigeons to be carrier pigeons, yes, and to carry carry notes and stuff. So, so the kid brother, in a very terribly acting way, says, <laughs> "Yeah, I think uh, little kids would, basically, little kids like me would 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 love to play." Yeah. With. No, he said he would pay for that. Yeah. 
like if they could pass that love note to like Sally down the hall, that'd be fucking oh, yeah. bad. Man. Yeah, you just gotta have a pigeon. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. Well, the point is, uh, five seconds later, they're best friends. Right. They're just the sweetest of friends. And that's when we get to see Nick Cage throw the birds in the air and go, yeah! And then we get, <laughs> right after that, this is probably one of my favorite scenes, we get a scene in, in the pigeon coop when uh, Nick, Al, is looking for Birdie. He's like, Birdie? Birdie, are you here? And then, and then... <laughs> Birdie comes out an actual furry. He's in he's in a bird <laughs> I costume. I figured, point. yeah, Steve has a, a furry I phobia. At this point, and I said, man, I'm 15 minutes into this movie, and yeah. I don't know if I can fucking finish this. Yeah, it is. It's really awkward. And and uh, Nick Cage looks at him and he says, uh, "What the hell is that, Birdie?" And then Birdie says, "It's a pigeon suit I made for you, Al. So the pigeons think you're one of them." And I remember Al said something like, "But I don't want to be one I, of them, Birdie. I want to be called one of those." Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Al is super freaked out by this, but then the next Plus, scene makes it even. Seconds later. <laughs> five seconds later, they're both furries. Yeah, they're both mm-hmm. dressed as they're pigeons. Both, they're both running around an anthrocon, sneaking into some kind of industrial plant to snag pigeons from the roof. Yeah, and then Birdie. Uh, quickly slips and dangles dangerously over a I don't know like eight story drop, oh. and and Al it's just so crazy how quickly these events escalate, and it's like Al is like no you're my best friend you're my best friend I can't let this happen to you Birdie hold on Birdie, and Birdie says no it's okay Al I'll just I'll fly I'll fly into that sand pile down there. Oh, this isn't gonna work out. I'm trying to make it to that sand pile over there. What are you talking about? It's easy, Al. You're gonna jump? No, Al. I'm gonna fly. No, don't jump, Bernie! Let go! Don't! No, Bernie! Bernie! And they get this MTV, like, slow motion music video take of Bernie stuntman doing this flip into the, the dirt pile. It was really rad. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if Birdie's stunt man said I wouldn't be caught dead in one of those. Things. <laughs> and he had to fucking wear it too. Yeah, and then he had to jump off the roof like eighteen times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Birdie says, "I flew out." You know, every bone in his fucking body's broken. <laughs> I flew out. It was beautiful. Yeah, he's he's not that hurt. The whole time, out you know, Al Nick is is sitting there just rubbing his face, rubbing his chest, and everything. I'm pretty sure. This is legally the first furry porn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then we cut back. The movie does this a lot. That was a flashback. We cut back to present time at the, uh, the hospital or insane asylum. Uh, you know, I was thinking maybe it's Arkham Asylum since Nick Cage looks like Two-Face. Uh, he's in <laughs> uniform and he's he's observing Birdie now in present time in his room his observation room at, at the asylum. So this was the first point, actually, that I noticed. Um, I, I actually think that every time that it switches to uh, Birdie in the asylum, I just think of Kevin. <laughs> you think of this Kevin? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why? Why? You, you think Birdie looks like Kevin? 
I, I like I saw so I made notes of it actually. I was like the the asylum version of Birdie is Kevin, but the past <laughs> version of Birdie is me. <laughs> no, let's just be honest here. If Kevin took all his clothes off and acted like he was a bird, I'm, it would be Birdie. That's what yeah. I, <laughs> I actually think if the three of us the three of us reenacted a scene from this movie, it would be pretty damn good. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like throughout all of this, I think that Reese was actually Nick's character from beginning to end. But but Kevin was <laughs> Kevin was present tense birdie, and I was past tense birdie. All right, do you want to just let's just try? Uh, we'll just try a scene. I don't know who you'll be, Steve. Steve, you can be the nurse who comes in at the end. All right, so I'll try this. I'll try this. Okay, so you're birdie. Birdie? Hey, Birdie. It's me, Al. I'm here to feed you. You still eat stuff, right? Here. Just just chew on this shit. Birdie, do you remember me? Remember when I fucked that chick under the pier? Yeah. And you had to be a fucking asshole? Remember, Birdie? God damn it, Birdie, do you remember me? God damn it! Play some Genesis! Fuck! Do you like the nurse? God, she's got she's stacked up there. Have you ever touched tits? What the fuck? <laughs> That's your cue to come in, nurse. Oh, oh shit! Hey, <laughs> I got the feed. Just give me some time, nurse. Birdie will come around. The I'm fuck? making some game. Just, just give me some time. Uh, bravo. Bravo. <laughs> I knew I wouldn't have to say anything. He didn't have to, he didn't say anything. <laughs> he didn't say anything. Yeah. Um, Al is, is, uh, I guess kind of forced to, to meet with Birdie and the goal is there. He's got this really crazy doctor guy, the psych ward guy, who's just really, uh, aggressively trying to figure out what's wrong with Birdie. Like it's his life's mission. We, we've got to figure this out. Nick Cage, you're the only one who can go in. Oh, man, so he goes in and, and he just can't get to Birdie. And then the nurse, the scene we just did was when the nurse was supposed to come in and also try to feed Birdie. Then we get another flashback back in time, moments after Birdie jumped off the plant and was taken to the hospital. And then they're on the beach, and yeah, you already you already said it, Steve. No, there was like there was like a weird mediary between there before going before going to the beach where they um they went to the junkyard. Oh, that was in between there. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, so first they went to the junkyard and they um they 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 bought a, an old junker car and then started working on it, putting it together. That was the first time we were introduced to Nick's dad. Oh, that's after that this after, part. Yeah, because that that that's after the coop, like the. Where they were keeping the pigeons got tore down by uh, Birdie's. No, 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 no. That was before. That was before. I took my notes in chronological. Well, yeah. Okay. No. What? I, no. What I'm saying is. Oh, what Reese was saying. Th- what I'm saying is they tore that down before the car, because then that was then like they said, "What are we gonna do now?" And he's like, "Well, we we need to get oh, on yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. First they tore down the. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they're so on they're, the beach and and probably. The best line, Nick's Cage best line in the movie is when he says, well, Come on, those old birds ain't coming back, Birdie. They're plucked and fucked. Right, plucked and fucked. I knew Steve <laughs> would love that. 
Yeah, I did. I, I wrote that down. Mm. I wrote that line down. Plucked and fucked. Yeah. So, yeah, they go to the junkyard. They buy this, this old beater that doesn't work, and their plan is to fix it up and sell it. And then we get a brief scene that introduces Al's dad, the disgruntled Italian garbage man. I loved oh, his dad. Oh, the garbage the garbage man was was Nick's dad. That's what I said. Yeah, yeah. Al's yeah. dad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But they weren't they weren't at the ocean yet. Alfonso. Yeah. This is when they had just bought the car. Oh, this isn't at the ocean. Oh yeah. No, no, this isn't at the ocean. I thought he said that line at the ocean. So no, I'm confusing you. We're walking on the train tracks. They, train they, tracks. It yeah, was some scenic track racing with the moon. It was a scenic yeah. vista. I, but it's important because afterwards, okay, after they, they they got the car and they met Nick's dad, yeah, that's when they he started talking about about the ocean. Oh like in, yeah, the ocean. And, and, You're right. And, uh, that they, was when Bertie said, "I've never seen the ocean." Really? He's like, "Oh my god, you never seen the ocean? That's where my brother went when he killed himself. We need to go." What? Nick's Nick's brother from from Rumblefish. Oh, it's a Rumblefish reference. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right on. Yeah. So that they do end up going to the beach. Oh yeah, because that is also one of my other favorite parts of the movie is when Birdie is like, "Hey, Al, count how long I can hold my breath." Five Mississippi Birdie. Six Mississippi Birdie. 10 Mississippi Birdie! 13 goddamn Mississippi Birdie! <laughs> it's really 15, good. I can't swim, Birdie! It's like, damn it, Birdie, you freaked me out so bad, we gotta go and find some bitches. <laughs> and they do. They do. <laughs> they do. And then we get another scene after Birdie messes up that whole thing with the girls. I also... Uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. It's like Nick's down there fucking getting getting his, yeah, yeah. Getting his freak on. Right, right. And like, two minutes and forty seconds. I got it. I got it. I got it. And 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 Birdie later says, "I don't get the big deal about tits. They're just mammary glands. I mean, big deal." And Nick Cage says, "No, we're talking tits here. Big tits, round tits, fleshy tits." And I don't know if it's meant to be ironic, because I don't think Nick Cage knows tits are birds, too. Yeah. Tits are a kind of bird, right, Kevin? Booby. A, a booby is. A booby is, <laughs> when there are tit mice. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought of that. I'm weird. Uh, but after that whole eruption, Al, uh, Al figures out... That birdie's gone pretty much full bird. Yeah, in that scene. I'm skipping a lot here. Then birdie goes to find... You skip prom. You skip prom. I skip prom? Well, tell us about prom. Well, basically, birdie is in class one day and demonstrating how birds fly and everything. Yep. And nobody seems to be very interested in it and basically just... It is waiting for an opportunity to make fun of him and uh so he has like a little airplane thing that he made that is more like a it's it's like a hybrid between an airplane and a bird and uh 
Uh-huh. So he ended up ends up hitting the wall and and actually find he he sees this girl beside where it hits the wall and this girl is actually the only one interested in what he's talking about and interested mm. in him. Oh, she's into it. Valley girl that's deep. She yeah. is. She yeah. wait. I gotta put the effect though. She is D T F. All right. <laughs> and she uh so then uh later on some time passes in there and i don't remember what all happens there it was really it's really hard to remember back to what happened where just because there's a lot of cuts between flashbacks and everything yeah but um then when they do uh some time passes and he's at home and then finds out that this girl's calling to ask him to go to prom this is birdie and uh, so, yeah, she asked him to go, and they ended up ended up going. But it was he he just I don't he was so out of place there. He he's trying to dance, but he ends up he's like hop dancing. He did like, yeah yeah. Well, and, and before that, Nick Cage is right there with his chick, and yeah. remember he's motioning to him. He's motioning to Birdie. You know. Like, oh yeah, grab her tit. Grab her tit. Basically, <laughs> there is a there is a, there's so much Nick Cage tit grabbing. I know when I when I watched this movie and I first saw that fucker grabbing the girl's tit under the bleachers and yeah. I'm like, here we go again. There it is. That guy cannot stop grabbing tits. It's a part of my character, okay? Just just <laughs> deal with it. Yeah. This is my best James Dean. This is my best James Dean. <laughs> uh and Birdie is increasingly becoming a little crazy. We're just more and more obsessed with birds. Well, yeah, let me let me finish the prom thing. So, uh, prom night, you know, after that's all over, they end up going to Lover's Lane, and uh, she just fucking takes her top down and takes her bra off, and she's like, since you've been so nice to me, he- here you go. Like, I'm giving myself to you. And uh-huh. he... He he touches her tits like he's examining examining them and just like what the fuck are these things? And uh, Nick Cage is probably just about ready to jump out of his skin at that point. Oh yeah, it's like why aren't you licking them things or something? But uh, <laughs> <laughs> right he's on. Probably, he's probably drooling behind the camera. Oh yeah, but. Like, come on, Alan. Alan, the director, Alan. Come on, Alan. We got to do better than this. <laughs> Let me in there. <laughs> okay, and she says something. She's embarrassed by it. Yeah, yeah. Like, she, but she, she sort of takes the, she makes it seem like it's her fault that mm. it got awkward or whatever. But so, um, it, it just showed that Birdie's just not a people person at all. No. But then, so then he goes home and he looks at his birds and he just, I think he just realizes at that point that he's just in love with his fucking There's birds. no going back. There's no going back. Mm-hmm. And then he takes off all his clothes, gets naked and goes in the cage underneath his bed and lays there. <laughs> so there's, there's, there's one scene prior to this. Okay, which I, one? I, I, that's important. Did I miss, did I miss that? Because that's like one of the best parts. One no, no, no. You're, you're, right. Parts in the movie. you're right. You're right. But there's one scene prior to that that, that I that I have to add in just to, okay. to make my point. All right. But just before that, he goes to this like almost like cultist. We're totally into birds too. Place. That's it. Yeah, that's where he meets oh, Perda. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Yes, that's yes, that's where you get the bird in the first place. Yeah, right. yeah. So he goes there, and there's, like, these people that are super into birds as well, like the deaf guy and, and um, the crazy old lady. And she's talking about all the birds there, and he finds this one bird, and he's like, this is the one. Mm-hmm. Yellow, little yellow bird. That's, that's probably one of the things that happened in between girl. the time of her calling him for prom that I couldn't remember. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. So, so just before that, he had just found his he had just found his soulmate bird. Yeah. <laughs> and he brought he brought her home and then the girl called and then they did the prom. And then afterwards he left her, like you said, and came back home, took all of his clothes off like he's fucking Crusader cat. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh I was yeah. I was so uncomfortable. With this part. right it was it was fucking crusader cat all over again yeah it was the, bestiality yeah that's not the worst part of the fucking movie though <laughs> the most uncomfortable part though no, you yeah. guys know what part that is but kevin kevin did did you know anything about crusader cat back in the day no. he doesn't know who crusader cat is go ahead steve go ahead i, I, will, I will briefly tell the story because people crusader don't know anymore the only crusader way they would is like a hero <laughs> among among the furry community in the fact that he is he's a christian furry that would tell stories about how he came into his furdom realizing that he had sexual attraction to his cat raped his cat on numerous occasions before realizing that it was against the will of god and then found ways to to I, I, I'm not really entirely sure. Just like I, I don't know how he like figured out how to like make cat sex consensual. But <laughs> there was there was something along those lines of like maybe I'm a furry and I should have other have sex with other people that think they're cats or 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 something instead so of cats was, yeah instead of actual cats but but he, <laughs> like, he went into this entire decree of like how he actually had inter attempted to have intercourse with actual cats yeah i remember um I remember. and that and like watching like listening watching this whole scene of a birdie falling in love with this bird and then coming home and taking off his clothes and like getting into the bird cage with him i was like Fucking Crusader cat all over again. <laughs> <laughs> he's making his suits. He's getting naked, and yeah. he's talking about making love with his birds. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then and then he has the fucking wet dream about his fucking bird. Right. right. That's the worst part. That's okay. We're, that's too far ahead, though. Is is it too far ahead? Yeah. Because he's just talking about. Uh, that wasn't too far, too much farther than that, because he just talks about that's when he's starting to have this dream that he's an actual bird. I okay, so, so we'll go to all right. So we flash forward and we find out that Nick Cage pretty much has PTSD, and there's that shift. He's the crazy one, right? Yeah, yeah. There's this shift where the shrink and whoever else working there at the ward, they're focusing their attention now on Nick Cage's character. And it starts to mess with you a little bit. Uh, and then we get a flashback scene with Birdie and his dad. His dad is the janitor at the school, right? Mm -hmm. And he's in. He's shoveling coal into this furnace. And this is. I liked this part actually. I don't know why. I always like the scenes with the dads in the, in the movies we've watched. Uh, maybe because they end up being um, good actors that play them. 
Yeah, I think they were the best actors in the movie, Mm. were the two dads. But he says, he expresses that he's worried about Birdie's future, and he starts talking about himself, and he says, you know, I'm a master when it comes to wicker. He could make the best wicker chair you'd ever seen. And I thought that was uh, premonitory, because neither of them know that someday Nick Cage is going to be the wicker man. (laughs) I thought about that. Next scene is Nick Cage working out, shirtless. Dude is ripped, holy tit mice. And this, at the same time, Birdie is training himself to fly like a bird because he's got the hots for the birds and he thinks he's a bird. He's been trying to get Larry Bird's autograph. <laughs> then there's the scene at the landfill where Birdie uses his self-constructed mechanical wings contraption to fly into a cesspool to uh la 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 bamba la 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 bamba um, <laughs> then Al develops a plan to collect the old baseballs this is now fast forwarding back to the present time uh, uh, psycho I shouldn't use that word but mentally deranged uh, two-face Al develops a plan to collect the old baseballs that they used to bat into Birdie's yard where his mom would confiscate them because he believes that that memory might trigger something in Birdie and bring him back. Which was just a way to buy him time just to stay in there with him more. Yes. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Um, There's some mention about... So I... I, I, I mean, honestly, throughout going through this whole movie, I feel like there's so many references to movies that came out after this. I feel like this was just a breeding ground for a lot of new movies. All right, like like what? Well, I mean, so so Birdie makes some sort of a, a comment um, of uh, about flying, right? And he's like, he's like, he, he, they're up on the roof and they're they're training, right? Yeah. Nick's downstairs lifting weights and Birdie's up on the top doing his doing his 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 flapping workouts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and Nick's like, Birdie, what, do you think you're gonna fly? And he's like, Yeah, you just need to believe that you're gonna fly. And it was like it was a lion straight out of Peter Pan. Oh yeah, yeah. You yeah. You're gonna fly, man, and you'll be able to fly. You just gotta believe it. <laughs> And the whole the whole uh, garbage dump scene, it was like it was like the origins of Hawkman from from the Justice League. Yeah, yeah. The Stanley Kubrick version. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, one point one point that the movie is trying to drive home is that it's trying to remind you that the Vietnam War was a war where the soldiers were dishonored, where the soldiers were disrespected by the general public. Remember, they were called murderers, slaughterers, baby killers. Mm-hmm. So this movie kind of incorporated that and the fact that um, just because... Well, I, I guess really the argument seemed to be that their mistake was enlisting. Actually, I don't know if Birdie enlisted. No, Birdie, Birdie was drafted. He was drafted, yeah. He was drafted, and Nick Cage enlisted. That was a really important part, actually, that's coming up. So we get another flashback, uh, the dog-catching scene, where they go to catch the the dogs with Nick 
Nick Cage hanging off the back of the truck with a giant net going. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is where I misspoke. This is this is my um, my my actual. This was this was Homeward Bound. Oh, this was Homeward Bound. This is <laughs> the <Stanley Kubrick> version. <laughs> yeah, and also the song playing was. I guess the Stanley Kubrick version of Homeward Bound. There you go. And that that whole chase sequence where they're trying to get the dogs uh, ends with, up uh, with with Dom DeLuise look like Dom. <laughs> yeah, real real chubby guy. Uh, ends up at this butcher shop, and Birdie doesn't like that it's a butchery, and he lets all the dogs free. And I was like, oh, it's like the pets in the pet shop in Rumblefish. Mm-hmm. It's Motorcycle Boy. Releasing the pets. I think that, you know how they put sometimes in movies, no animals were harmed in the making of this. Yeah. I, I think they started putting that in movies because of Birdie. Yeah. I mean, how many uncomfortable animal scenes can you remember? That's A lot. Like when the the, fit, uh, the uh, bird died the first time, but it wasn't really yeah. dead, but it was definitely drugged or something. Are you talking about the... Are you talking about the, uh, the the scene following right up after that? I don't remember where it was. I'll with be the honest. Cat? Yeah, with the cat. Yeah, that was right after that, actually. Oh, the yeah. cat came in and almost killed his girlfriend. Yeah, that was serious. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we get a climactic scene in present time where Al makes another kind of last-ditch effort to get to Birdie, and he just gets really angry. Almost fucking his nurse? Well, yeah. Oh, I'm getting there. Oh, yeah. But before that, before that, he screams, Damn it, Birdie! You're not a bird! You're not a bird, Birdie! Act more like a bird if you want to be a bird! You remember that? Yeah, you're not even... You don't even look like a bird. (laughs) You don't even sit like a bird. I look like a bird. You don't even look like a bird. <laughs> he loses it. He's in deep pain over the loss of Birdie's mental state. And then uh, the hot nurse finds him to comfort him and tells him everything's going to be all right. And uh, he responds by uh, grabbing her tip. Yep. <laughs> Go to. Uh, I, I'm sorry. Sorry, I, it's just habit. I, it's not That's habit. I just... I haven't touched a woman in a long time. Then, Kevin, Birdie has the damn wet dream about no. the bird. Oh, yeah. Th- yeah. That's when he has it? When that's he when he has that. That's when he has it. That's when he, he has some kind of just really awkward line, and it has the silhouette of the bird against the building. Remember? Remember that? Remember that? Remember, remember that? Oh, wait, yeah, when he's dreaming uh, of uh, Genie. the first flying dream. Yeah. Mm, yeah, maybe. Yeah, no, yeah, that, that, yeah that's right. Because it, yeah. like, uh, uh, Al comes in after that, and it came some, comes into his room after that, after he wakes up, and he's just naked in his room. He's like, did you have a good night last night? Did you have a good last night last night, buddy? <laughs> no, dude, I was, I was having dreams. I was having dreams about flying. In my dreams, nothing holds me down. Everything's 
out and away. There's nothing in my life to keep me here anymore. I wish I could die and be born again as a bird. You know what made me feel even more uncomfortable after that, though? No. It shows... Is it when he's... One of the times he's holding that fucking bird... And it's after it's after the wet dream, but he's holding that bird, and he's in it, and he's petting it and everything. And that and the male bird is just going nuts, yeah. like re- acting really jealous. And it's just like, yeah. man, should I be reading into this yeah. this much? Because this is what it seems like. It's like, what the fuck? Are they making it seem okay for this guy to be fucking this bird? <laughs> I have a theory on that for the coming up right after. Well, anyway, in the mix of all that, we get to see baby chicks being born, hatching out of the eggs. Just kids. And I like that. I like that part. That was probably my I favorite. I thought it was going to look like him. <laughs> I think it kind of did. <laughs> and dude, after that, that's the prom. That's when Birdie goes with Doris Robinson. Was it? Yeah. No, it was before. Yes. It was no. He went no. with her before. I wrote. Dude, I wrote this in order. I don't care what you wrote. All right. Because he came home from the prom and stripped his clothes off and got into the bird nest. So I don't yeah, care yeah, what yeah. you wrote. No, that's I right. Watched it literally like twenty. That's minutes right. Ago. No, that's right. But that's different from the other scene. That's the. That's when he has the inner monologue where he says he wishes he could die and be reborn a bird. Okay. All then right. we get the trippy music video. With the swooping overhead shots, like he's astrally projecting himself out of body, and he flies through the town, the junkyard, the city streets. Um, blah, 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 blah. Maybe they just put a GoPro on a bird <laughs> in uh, in the 1980s. Yeah. Then after that, we get the one and only kind of badass war sequence with Cage crawling through the mud like uh, Schwarzenegger and Predator. That was Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. Yeah, that was Forrest Gump. Um, and then we see the man screaming in pain and Cage yelling, We gotta get a medic! And then boom goes the dynamite, an explosion. Nick's face is all bloody. He's covering his eyes, screaming, Not the bees! Not the bees! <laughs> that was a wrong movie, by the way. That was, uh, well, that was Wicker Man. <laughs> a deleted scene from Wicker Man. Cage has more flashbacks from Vietnam. He realizes that he's going insane himself. And it's kind of sad when he has that realization that he's going crazy. That kind of affected me a little bit. Uh, Then we get the scene where the baseballs arrive. And that's pivotal because if Birdie reacts to the baseballs, it means it's a success that, well, not a success, but it would mean that the line of communication had begun to him. Um, But he doesn't react to the baseballs. Since he doesn't react, we get a brief cage out. It's it's minor, but it's okay. And then a flashback where we find, it's a scene where uh, younger Al Cage finds Birdie in his bird coop naked. And Al assumes it's related to him having sex after the prom, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, no, man, I was fucking my bird. <laughs> no, he's like, he I, said I, he flew. I, I 
threatened to have sex hit with 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 Becca or whatever her name was. <laughs> it was my bird. <laughs> but, uh, I don't understand, Birdie. She pecked my pecker. <laughs> he says he flew, and Nick Cage says, You flew? How you flew? How you flew? <laughs> How you flew? Um, then we get back to the present, and the crazy shrink guy um, says, The baseballs did nothing. There's nothing more we can do for Birdie. You need to say goodbye to him. We're going to have to put him on an IV. He's no. going to die. Then we get go back to the flashback of Al in the uniform. He's in a u- uniform now, walking away from Birdie's house, uh, demonstrate expressing that he has enlisted in the military. And then that bitch Perda, Birdie's girlfriend, flies out the window to chase him down the street. No, Shane, don't leave. And then uh, turns around and commits bird suicide by glass window, trying to... By going through the glass window, <laughs> because she's not pure bird. That wasn't actually Perda 1. That was Perda, the child of the original Perda. So she was half human. You're saying Perda? I thought it was Birda. No, Perda. It was Perda. Because oh. I, I watched with subtitulos. I also See did. what I did there? Uh, Titulos? Yeah. A lot of, tea lot of... <laughs> but that was that wasn't the original Perda mother. That was that was the first daughter of. Perda. Oh my gosh! So she was half human. That's how she had the strength to go through the window instead of just. Oh, I shut up, Steve! Are you hearing this? <laughs> yeah. The the freaking bird was half human. Yeah. Because yeah. Birdie... oh, it makes perfect sense. Right. It's the only way that a bird can go through a freaking window. That that yeah. was like inch thick glass. Did you see it? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he's yeah. he's upset that his firstborn daughter is. Uh, yeah, it's legitimate. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Oh, so it was his. You'd daughter. be pissed if your kid went through a freaking window and died. You're right. You're <laughs> right. So, mm. um, now where do we go? Now we go back to Vietnam. <laughs> There's a soldier guy bleeding in the back of a helicopter, screaming and, w- and waving around. Oh, 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 oh. And then uh, said helicopter crashes and explodes, killing everybody on board, I assume. Camera slow pans to birdie and camouflage, admiring a toucan or something like that, you know, one of those parrot birds. When an air raid uh, drops bombs next to him, thrusting him into a panic, followed up by a bird's eye view of flaming scorched earth, Apocalypse Now style, kind of. Uh, and they're just showing that Birdie saw some shit, man. <laughs> yeah, this was this was this was when Birdie lost. Now the soundtrack here, right? This is uh, this is uh, what is it? What did you say, Peter Gabriel? Peter Gabriel. And the Can song you is feel it coming in the air tonight? No, no, it's rhythm of the heat. Rhythm of the heat. Rhythm of the heat. Oh. I know this because. Rhythm of the Heat is also the song that is used for um, probably one of the best AMVs, anime music videos that I've ever seen uh-huh. with Princess Mononoke, which ironically fits so well with the theme of this movie. Why is that? Because the whole theme of Princess Mononoke was was the people versus the the like the the nature and the wildlife, and uh-huh. that's kind of some of the underlining theme of birdie's character 
Yeah. I, 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 you know what? I'm not going to bother explaining it. Link it. I don't know if we have the capability of linking it. If not, look it uh -huh. up on YouTube. Fucking. Yeah. We'll we'll link it Rhythm in the description. The Rhythm of the Heat. We'll link it in the in the description. Thanks, Steve. Oh, wow. We cut back to the present time. This is a great scene, even for Cage. His monologue, when he's lamenting what's happened to him, and he's recounting the traumatic event that left his face burned and mutilated, which, by the way, we never do see. Even the lyrics make sense. What? Even the lyrics from the song. <laughs> She's still on the. Uh, oh. I, I, I'm, still, I'm still stuck on the song. It's it's honestly all right. I just okay. Well, all right. There's the story. No, I just I just wanted to talk about that scene. I I really I really enjoyed that scene a lot. Did you really think it was well it. done, or did you think it wasn't that that important? I really, I actually really liked that scene. And I really liked the choice of music for that scene. Rhythm of the Heat was a fantastic. I'm not. I'm not scene. talking about that scene I with am. Rhythm of the Heat. I'm talking about his monologue. The whole. Fuck you. Are you talking about the war scene? I'm talking about the war scene transitioning into the modern scene. Yes. Okay. All right. So. It was, it was the yeah. whole, whole ending sequence, kind of follow the same transitionary period. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, that was a good song. Is that what you want me to say? It's a good song. <laughs> Forget it. Forget it. It's a good song. Forget it. <laughs> Do you like how I make sure to pronounce the G? In yeah. Song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Rhythm of the Heat is a good song. If you want to hear it, we'll have the, the we'll have the song in the link below. Can we now move on from the rhythm <laughs> rhythm of the heat? Yeah. Are we ahead. good? I'm sorry. Do you want to recount the history of the song? I just I there was there was a there was a point the lyrics the lyrics included <laughs> in the original and if you actually know or understand the lyrics I think they actually follow along pretty well and add some depth. All right. That point. That was the only thing I wanted to make. Cool. But you want to be an asshole about I it. I didn't want to be. I didn't. But you I was. Had to be. I know. I just it had to be. It wasn't a choice. It was. It was a requirement. <laughs> Go ahead. Go then, ahead. And move on. Can we talk about Nick Cage's Absolutely. monologue now? Go ahead. Move on to the monologue. How did you feel about it? I felt fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what I look like anymore, Bernie. I don't know if it's me under these bandages or what some army meat cutter thinks is me. Jesus Christ, I don't want a patched up instant pity excuse for a face. I just want it to be Al under here, not some sewn together freak mask. But shit! What's so great about their fucking world anyway? We'll just stay here and keep the hell moved out of it. by it. I felt it was quite emotional. It's when he's, it's when Al is holding Birdie. He's like, hey, we're gonna be crazy in here forever, together, and stuff, and how he regretted things that happened in the past. I just thought it was good. Not unlike a lot of the movies of the time, I question still what was real and what was not real. Oh yeah, that and was I think that's yeah. probably part of the point. 
I know. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Thanks, Dad. You're welcome. But I think it was You're welcome. Because I didn't know which one was real. Whether Birdie was really talking or whether... Because, I mean, I made a note early on in the movie of questioning whether or not Nick was actually insane. Throughout the whole movie. I mean, he's in an insane asylum. Yeah. And the question is, does... Is he actually there visiting a friend of his? Right. Or, is or was he actually mm-hmm. admitted? Mm-hmm. I thought and the same thing. I thought, oh, is Al actually Birdie? Yeah. But I didn't know how that would work out. It would be interesting to see the uh, explanation. I didn't that. go that far. I wasn't quite Fight Club with this one. But suddenly, but this is, we're at the end of the movie, practically. Yeah. When all of a sudden... When it's just Birdie and Al in the psych ward room, Birdie looks up and goes, Al, sometimes you're so full of shit. Sometimes you're so full of shit. And um, Was that you? Nick is like, Jesus, Mary and Joseph, he he talked. It was. You talked. He talked. It's really you. And then he's trying to explain to the orderlies, to the doctor, that he just, that uh, Birdie spoke. And then the way that they that he reacts to them <clears throat> shows that he's pretty crazy, or he could be considered crazy. Mm-hmm. That Which he's they've been paying more attention to him than Bertie mm-hmm. at this point. Anyway. Yeah, and it, you, know, you start to feel like okay, he is hallucinating Bertie talking. Most likely, seems to make the most sense, especially when we get the Jackie Chan fight scene where Saint Nick kicks an orderly dude in the nuts. That whole escape sequence kind of reminded me of the prison escape sequence in Face Off. Only uh, without the guns. To Face Off somewhere earlier on in the movie. So they run up to the roof and Birdie decides to fly. They they run run up to the roof and Birdie just jumps off. And Al is like, "No!" And you're just like, "Oh, Birdie's dead." He really thought he was. He really thought he was a fucking bird. That's what I thought. And it was like he was a bird. He was like, "Oh, I'm free," and he tried to fly away. And maybe that is what happened. We don't know because it's kind of weird what actually did happen or what's shown in the movie. You find out that that the roof of the next building is actually only a few feet below. So Birdie's okay. He didn't jump off the building. Um, but he turns around, but he just turns around and says, what? And then it's black. So they're on a, like a, they're in a military, um, hospital psych ward hospital. Yeah. So it's probably pretty, uh, guarded around there. So I'm sure as soon as they got off the roof, they were shot dead. (laughs) Don't you think? Oh yeah, that's why that's why they fit in the black bear. Because mm-hmm. right after that, they just opened fire. Well, I think if we consider, if we even so much as consider that the ending is a hallucination of Al's, and the that the that that wasn't the reality, then when we have to question what the reality was, it gets a whole lot darker. 
Yeah, I see what you mean. Like uh, now, now we're together forever in the psych ward, ward and just let let our fucking minds go. Yeah, yeah. It's either that or it, they actually ran up to the roof and jumped off. Yeah, maybe. But imagine if that really was the reality. If they did jump up the roof and yeah. Freddy was actually coming out of it and saying uh-huh. and they were just ran off together and birdie didn't have to fuck birds anymore then then i would be so i would just be so pissed at the director for making the movie just make what me feel movie like he... have we watched so far that had an ending that made any fucking sense <laughs> and don't say valley girl <laughs> rumblefish Rumblefish yeah. didn't make any fucking sense. What do you mean? His brother went and jumped in the river and got shot down by cops, <laughs> and then he just—he was like, "Fuck it, I'm going to the ocean." He didn't jump in the river. He, he, didn't, he, he didn't make it. Well, he almost made it to the river, and then and then and then, and then, he then got shot down by the cops for trying to, for stealing betta fish. Rusty James puts him in the river, and then he and then goes then and checks on him in the ocean. Rusty I'm going to go drive out to the ocean. And that was, that was the end of the movie. How, how did that make any fucking sense? Uh, this shit in the 80s made yeah, it. Yeah, you're, yeah that, that's a good point. It's like, yeah, why did... I don't know. It just, we were able to make more it seems of it, I Within think. The, the context of the movie, the logic of the movie, it was, it was okay. We could make some sense of it. Yeah. I, this, I honestly think this is one of the best endings we've gotten in the last few movies we watched. Are you serious? I, I am. Um, this is the only movie that's at least left us off on something that's like well, thought provoking, interesting, and it leaves you with like your own imagination. Okay, it was clever. Just yeah, yeah. The ambiguity yeah. is clever. I'll yeah. give it that, especially how they amped it up towards the end. Yeah. I mean, you were pretty much on Al's side from the beginning. I mean, you had some inkling that he was an unreliable narrator, of course. I sure hell hope you weren't on Birdie's side. <laughs> <laughs> what if, uh, what if they went up? No, what if they went up to the roof and um, he just couldn't understand Birdie, and he just he just threw Birdie off the roof. Because he thought he could fly. I don't know. We probably wouldn't have Anthrocon. (laughs) Okay. Problems I had with Birdie. Uh, Number one, the furry stuff. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Um, It started with the fursuits, like I said. The fursuits? And I was like, (laughs) fursuits. I'm pretty deep into the furry sexuality stuff myself, but... Even I know that you probably shouldn't fuck animals, and you definitely shouldn't fuck kids. No, but I did feel like the story had some serious problems. For instance, like I mentioned before, Birdie and Al's friendship started so fast that we never really get a sense as to why Al, or what Al sees in Birdie. That's what I didn't get. Right. I think we needed... What you do is... It jumps you, so quickly through that. Yeah. Like, it, like they didn't have time to explain. I think there was more questions yeah. as to what Birdie saw in Al. I mean, because Al said basically right from the get-go, mm-hmm. I'm all about them, them Benjamins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you've got a chance to make me some money, I'll suck up to you. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
But it yeah. was it was why Birdie was willing to bring Allen to the mix. That's my question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it would make more sense if Birdie had something redeeming about him that uh, made you feel for him. But there was not. I just felt like he was the weird the weird kid. And yeah. he had a problem, and his problem just kept getting more, worse and worse. That it was like I don't, I I'm uncomfortable with this person entirely. Right, because me and me in high school. So you have to give the weird character something redeeming in order to get us watching it to feel something, and they didn't do that. It was that something redeeming? What was it? I think it was kind yeah. of that he yeah. was smart. No, Nick was the something redeeming. Okay. Yeah. That was it. He was always the weird kid. But but people dealt with it because mm-hmm. of yeah. Okay. Just a few random chicks Jake friends. Mark. Trying to he he uh, he was trying to get them with Birdie and then and then trying to hold out so they didn't completely cock block him. But it still ended up cock blocking him. I just I just felt really sorry for Birdie. Because I felt like he had a serious mental illness from before when he was born. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'd say. It's called being a furry. I think he, maybe some kind of autism is what I think. To, uh, yeah. It's possible. I don't know. But he was socially inept and awkward, and he had this debilitating hobby of collecting birds. <laughs> And maybe having sex with them. I don't know. I don't know what <laughs> disease that would be. <laughs> Bird flu. <laughs> Other Christians called me a devil worshiper for having sexual thoughts about dragons. That's Birdie. Um, man, that's Birdie. I don't know. It it was it was unique. It took some man. It had it, it was a movie with balls to take the furry stuff that far. Yeah. In yeah, I think I, I I still I said, man, I think that's that's a lot of the reason for the furry communities nowadays, it's because of this movie. Oh, could be. Yeah. Yeah. So if you are interested in furry culture, or if you've even considered any kind of physical relationship between humans and animals, you an this movie's got everything you need in it, yeah. especially if that <laughs> fetish is bird related. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You probably jerk mm. it about four or five times. But at least it has a lot of chicks in it. Cheep, cheep, cheep. No, cheep, not cheep. like that. Cheep, cheep, cheep. <laughs> Do you have I any fun facts or anything yet. to add, Steve? I haven't learned canary yet. <laughs> yeah. Um. Are you are you gonna disqualify this from your final pick just purely on the furry stuff, or are you gonna give it a chance? That remains to be seen. I see. <laughs> I mean, we're we so we've we've officially disqualified um, Cotton Club. Mm-hmm. So right now, our contenders mm-hmm. for our our official cage fight, yeah. our season one cage fight, is uh, Valley Girl. Mm-hmm. Rumblefish. Mm-hmm. Racing with the Moon. Yeah. And Birdie. What so an interesting have. mix. 
It is. It is an interesting mix. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be, you know, I think when we started this, we weren't really sure. And we thought we had our own, uh, like, uh, ideals of what we thought, how we thought this was going to go. Uh-huh. But I will admit, I have been challenged quite a few times. Um, as to the direction this is really going to go for me. And I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty excited actually for uh, for the official age final list. Yeah. Well, everyone, do be sure to stay tuned for the season finale, uh, which will be our official cage fight. Each of us will bring in our favorite film, and in a series of mini games, uh, I have yet to fully concoct. Ted, past tense. No, I have yet to fully concoct. That was yeah, right. Yeah, you were right the first time. God. <laughs> um, so I do want to ask, though, with all the Go movies, ahead and ask. Ask. I'm going to ask you a question. What is up with all of the war movies at this time? Oh, it was just a this big is, thing. What, the third? Third out of five technically that were well, based around war yeah well the third it could maybe it was a fad that's why i'm curious I, I don't know i mean i don't know a lot of movies from that era so is that is that kind of common for that time period yes. or is it just so happened that nick was well i mentioned apocalypse now which was a Coppola movie. You had a lot of, yeah, uh, Platoon. That might have been really early 90s. Yeah. But there were a series of, yeah, uh, Full Metal Jacket was not long after. Why are you saying the third? I can't, I can only think of two. Two what? War movies that we watched, or, or that had war in them that we've watched. Oh, Steve says there's more? I thought it was just racing with the moon and um, this one. Birdie. Yeah. It was that. <laughs> I think Steve's wrong. Okay. <laughs> I, I think I am too, and I'm just I'm just deciding whether I want to say something long. <laughs> Valley Girl being the rain, the war <laughs> against those people. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're I saying. Say that Rumblefish is the war against drugs. Yeah. Yeah, I thought you meant like military. So. No, I, I, you're right. I, 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 I fucked up. <laughs> but at least, at least we recorded this episode. So, I did want to mention though in this movie, I really picked up on. Um, I thought that when when Cage was able to to really uh get amped up and cage out and stuff. I thought that was his best acting in the movie. I thought when he just had, when he had just a, uh, normal tone, um, easy line, he, he just, it was terrible. Like every bit of acting that wasn't like him losing his temper or something was just terrible acting. It sounded like it was, uh, it was like an infomercial or something. Just awful. Just like the kid, just like his kid brother at the beginning, uh-huh. when he talk when he talks about how how he thinks it's a good idea, how all the little kids will love carrier pigeons. Yeah. 
So I don't know. Did you, did you notice that too? Or <laughs> all right, well, yeah, I noticed that. So that's all that matters. Is me. Yeah. It. Anything else? So my only other point of, of trivia, I guess, in this one is that uh, this this movie is actually based off of a book. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Written by uh, William Horton. William Horton. That's right. Yeah, we <laughs> talked. Have you read it? Oh, do you know? About do you know what the book's name was? No, I, I must have missed that part. I must. To have fuck a mockingbird. <laughs> <laughs> Is that, is that the uh, prequel? Or the prequel? <laughs> <laughs> she could get really fucked up really quick. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you just? I think Reese should just stay in that voice now for the rest of the time. Hey, do this voice. <laughs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> Is this entertaining? Yeah, but I like the other one better. Which one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> are you are you pissed, Steve? <laughs> oh, no, no. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I'm just thinking about tits, you know. They're just like they are on a cow, just in a more stupid place. Oh, yeah. No, they're not like that at all. Yeah. <laughs> they are. Nothing like that. <laughs> There's a movie called... What do they like then, Kevin? What do they like? <laughs> they're fat, flabby, fleshy, tasty. Um... I don't know. Just cut one off and taste it. See what it's like. Maybe grill it up. Probably pretty fatty. Sometimes you're so full of shit. (laughs) You guys really (coughs) like this this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I thought this movie was a piece of shit. (laughs) I didn't think it was a complete piece of shit, but I did think that there were a lot of uh, a lot of kind of shitty parts about it. I thought there was a lot of a lot of really hard to like. A lot of parts of it were just I don't want to say boring, but I felt a lot. Uh, I felt the same way as I did with um, Cotton Club and parts of it. Like, come on! Wow. I just, I just didn't like parts of it because I thought it was just dull. 
But then I did enjoy him having a wet dream about that fucking bird. <laughs> Kevin, if you want, we can just watch Family Girl again. I like, I like how he he has a cum rag there all the time anyway. Yeah, he has to. Oh, man. Those birds. <laughs> those birds, man. They can peck your pecker like nobody else. If he didn't clean up that cum, that's probably he was probably doing a real good service. He man. had to because every time his mom was like, Marty, you don't clean up that cum. I'm going to get rid of them birds. You think she called him Birdie? Did you ever hear him called anything other than Birdie? No, but I don't. I don't know. I don't. I. I never heard his parents call him anything. That's true. I don't think his. I don't think any name was mentioned other than Birdie throughout the whole movie, except Birdman. Correct. I think he was called. He was called Birdman. Yeah. Yeah. Bird boy. Hey, bird boy. Bird boy. Bird boy. That's it. Yeah, you're right. Bird boy. Bird boy. Burboy. Or the weird kid whose mom steals all her fucking baseballs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's a Wattweiler. James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones. Well, I'll just say this. I will be surprised if either of you two picks this as uh, your choice to win. Let me ask you this. I'm not going to ask for details, but do you guys have a um, clear picture of who you intend at this point to go into the uh, round one of the cage fights? For what category, though? I, I, I mean, I think that you have to decide on one, one, on our, on our true movie, on, on, on our favorite one so far. On your favorite one so far. I'm not asking what it is. I'm just asking, do you have a clear picture at this point of who you would be taking to the cage fight? Yes. I don't yet. No? I think I think I have a pretty good idea of who I, of who I intend to bring. If it's a if it's for a favorite movie, yes. Yeah. Now if it's for a movie that I, I think is the most fun one to talk about and make fun of. That might it's, be it's who you think you can who you think you can carry on into round two to contend with the next generation of Cage. The one that the one that you think best represents Cage. Yeah. Or captures Ooh. Cage. Ooh, then that changes my decision. Yeah. <laughs> A little bit. I think I have an idea already of what Steve will pick, but I won't say. Bring it. I think I have an idea of what he's going to pick, too. I think you will both be shocked and awed. Yeah, actually. Man, I got three. And I got to bounce back and forth. What do you mean mean you have three? We've only watched four. (laughs) So which one did you eliminate? (laughs) Don't, Don't even say. Don't even say, because then it's just no. gonna, it's just a sneak peek. Oh. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of Late Night Cage Fight. As always, we enjoy watching these Nick Cage movies, especially Birdie. It was brilliant, a masterpiece of cinema. And we do this for you and your love. Mm-hmm. All of your love. What was the name of that song again? The song, Steve? 
rhythm of the heat. Oh, I thought love. I thought maybe love was in that title. There's a, he's just another song. Burning love. Yeah, that's different. Yeah. <laughs> rhythm of the heat. You fucking asshole. Rhythm of the heat makes burning love. Rhythm of the heat sounds <sighs> like a name of a band. Make sure to catch us next time for our season finale cage fight. Thanks again. Have a good one. It's not season finale, son. He disqualified Common Club. That means we still have one more movie. We're going to watch another one? Okay. Oh, okay. If we're disqualifying Common Club, then we're only at four. Well, what's the next Mm. fucking movie? Once, Once he got out of the... I Wait mean, a minute. Make, okay, you make the call. Let me do this again. Are we gonna Are we gonna go for four because we disqualified Cotton Club, or are we gonna add a fifth? Let's add a fifth. The bird in blue. The bird in blue. Bird in blue. Based on the life of Ned Hanlon, Onlan. I don't know whatever you want to call him. the late nineteenth century Canadian scholar and world champion. Onlan <laughs> was one of the first scholars successfully. <laughs> The seat. I don't know how badly I'm pronouncing any of this, but I'm just laughing. Obviously, I wish he would have used the big guy voice for that. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just happy to see a cover of Jack the Nick Cage, so. All right, so I got to do that whole thing. Thanks for listening to another episode of Late Night Cage Fight. On the next episode, we're going to be adding another film since we disqualified Cotton Club. And Steve, what are we going to be watching? I I already said it. The Boy in Blue? (laughs) The Boy in Blue. And what's that about? It's based on... The life of Ned Hanlon, Hanlan, the late 19th century Canadian scholar and world champion. Yeah. Hanlan was one of the first scholars to successfully utilize the sliding seat. In quotation marks. Oh, boy. I thought for sure it was going to be about a boy that falls in love with a bear named Baloo, a furry boy. I actually thought it was going to be about a police that got jacked and decided he was in love with... Um, an animal <laughs> named Baloo. Named Baloo, who was also a bear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not like you went, not like bear, like as in a hairy gay man, but like <laughs> actual bear. Oh, not like uh, bear grills. Right. Yeah. This is going to be hard for me to edit. <laughs> You're welcome. We like to keep it challenging for you. So, stars in this movie include Nicolas Cage, Cynthia Dale, Christopher Plummer, David Naughton, Sean Sullivan. Christopher Plummer? Plummer. Is that is that the guy from Back to the Future? No, that's Michael J. Fox. (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't believe so. Um, <laughs> You're talking about Christopher Lloyd. Oh, yeah, Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> Which is also really funny. Oh, man. <laughs> Who is Christopher Plummer? He's in Malcolm X. Tell me what he looks like. Um, he he looks like uh Alfred from uh from the Batman movies. Also, he looks looks like any other white old guy. Also, he could have been a doc. Yeah, yeah. Reese, he was in Priest. He could have been a doc. You're right, Reese. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're close. I should say closer than I thought. Do you remember the movie Priest that you were a really big fan of? Loved it. Yeah, he was in that. Great. He was also in Up. <laughs> I don't think he's done anything notable other than... I, I actually was going to say other than this movie, but we're not even going to say this movie yet. We'll just see. What's that? Are we, are we done yet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. In fact, you can just take all this shit out. <clears throat> do you, do you want to end it? Or should I just do it again? Uh. Does it need another ending? You want to see my dick? <sighs> I don't know. It might be fine. <laughs> yeah, I think um, from a certain point, we just kind of fucked it up. And it's just it's just kind of steadily going downhill now. Hey, I think we just got tired of talking about that fucking guy fucking the bird. I don't know. He, I swear to God, I think he actually fucked the bird. Like, not <laughs> even just in the movie, but I mean, like, I think the guy that played that role actually fucked a bird just to get in character. You think he, um, do you think they, they, cut the scene of him fucking the bird out and then he was really pissed that he had to fuck a bird for the movie and he didn't, they didn't even keep it in the movie I think that probably happened Reese I hope you're still recording because I think you should just clip this back in because yeah. gosh that would be really a shame yeah I think I think that's really what I think that would be good though like yeah. Think about it. It's like the the thirty years later film, like the thirty years thirty years later version. They're like, here's the unedited, uncut birdie fucking the bird. <laughs> Don't you think it would be funny if if he had a dream? <laughs> it's like the Pornhub version. He it would have been funny if he would have had a dream of um, fucking this uh, giant bird, but it would it would be like somebody in a bird suit. And he, and he's he, like big bird. And he he's fucks, fucking big bird. Yeah, yeah, he's fucking big bird. He wakes up, and he looks over, and his mom's in bed with him. <laughs> I so I so loved how his his uh, birdie's dad was right on right on par. For being a basement dweller. There was one scene, like, I don't remember where it was, but earlier, like, somewhere in the middle of the movie, he's like, I'll be right back. And he just goes downstairs into the basement and he finds his dad. He's like, hey, dad, 
How's it going? <laughs> Can you tell mom that I want to buy a bird? Well, son, I just, I don't want you to have a bird, me, and I want you to have, I want you to be better than me. I want you to have a real job and 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 commit yeah. and be a part of society. Yeah, because yeah, there's I, nothing wrong I with just, you. I want my bird to have babies. I need baby birds, dad. If I don't have a boy bird, then mom's going to know that I fucked my bird. <laughs> and then what's going to happen? All right, all right. We'll get you we'll get you your bird, birdie. We'll get you your bird. Just just calm the fuck down and quit fucking your birds. Totally agree. <laughs> That's good. Well, thanks for tuning in to this episode Would of Late I, Night. You fuck the bird? <laughs> Late Night Cage Fight. <laughs>